Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello once again to the Foxborough Faithful and Pats Nation. This is the second edition of the Six Rings and Football Things Mailbag Podcast, where we put the question, do you have any questions out to you, Patriots fans all over the wide world of Pats Nation, and you ask us questions. Facebook, the social media, Twitter, wherever, and we try to answer them as accurately, honestly, or ridiculously as possible. How's it going, everybody? Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here with you. Producer, producer, nice job there. I was so excited to get through this intro and start answering these questions. I got his job title wrong. I apologize. Producer Justin Turpin with us here today. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Turp chirp somewhere throughout today's podcast. Okay, so we put it out, uh, like I said, all on the socials. Anyone have any questions for the mailbag this week and coming off the heels of the Patriots impressive 29 to nothing schneid shutout at home on a throwback Sunday, a beautiful, glorious, quintessentially autumnal Sunday in Foxborough. I think the vibe is pretty good right now. There's a lot of Pat's positivity regionally, locally, nationally, internationally, globally, cosmically. It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere these days, people. Without hearing a little something about old snappy zappy, zappy hour, uh, what's going on between zappy and Mac, I really don't think there's much of a controversy to be had there. Uh, I, I say you just ride the hot hand and get all the dubs you can. The Patriots, of course, now beginning a stretch where they have several winnable games on the slate. And this week, two and three, still in the bottom of the AFC East, but they can continue making hay and headway as they go to Cleveland by the lake. Whatever the hell name of it field it used to be. I don't even know what they, I think they called it like Cleveland Brown Stadium until they got some insert name of energy provider. First energy, your energy, together energy field. They go to Cleveland to take on the Browns and old friend Jacoby Brissett this Sunday at one o'clock. And you've got questions and hopefully we've got answers. All right, here we go. First one comes from Facebook, Jordan Watson. Hey guys, how much was this past win on Patriots success or Lions miscues? And the answer, Jordan, is both. Yes, the two of them, correct. This game was much more about the Patriots success than it was Lions miscues, though the Lions miscues factored heavily into the Patriots being able to dominate that game pretty much from Jump Street, or at least I would say halfway through the first quarter on. Like for the final 50 minutes, this game was almost never in question. By the time... Jack Jones picked off that terrible pass by Jordan Goff, who was just playing Goffle as he mishandled the Goffense, if you will. The puns will end there. Well, you never know, though, because it is don't worry, be zappy. 
Uh, by the time Jack Jones picked that ball off, the Patriots went up early. The game kind of started trending their way. Once Kyle Duggar got the Judon sack fumble, the muff fumble, the muff fumble from Jared Goff, and Duggar kicked it into a gear I had never seen him display before and took it back to the house on the old scoop and score, it was over. So the Patriots created their own fortune in this game by playing better than expected run defense, by having a dominant pass rush, by Bill Belichick and everyone in the defensive game plan coming together with another stifling game plan that got into the the head of Jared Goff. I mean, they they own like Zillow would be impressed by how much coastal real estate the Patriots own in Jared Goff's head at this point. Like he will never, ever, ever be an Alan Turig who could crack the enigma code of Bill Belichick's defenses. He just won't. He's just, he is an absolute puddle. He is a mess. He is like room temperature soft serve at best in the face of a Bill Belichick defense. And while I know the Lions came in supposedly with the best offense in the NFL, it kind of really wasn't. But that doesn't take anything away from what the Patriots accomplished last Sunday. That was a building block win, a classic Patriots win. Playing your style of football, ground and pound, smart ball control, play action, taking advantage and or of the mistakes from the other team or causing them, then taking advantage of them, dominating and exerting your will throughout the game and never letting the other team get back into it or wrest control from you. Classic Patriots game. Uh, and I think these begin now to be stepping stone games for the Patriots, whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones under center, doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Games like that, where you see the defense pitch a shutout, where they don't make as many mistakes as they previously had been, they don't shoot themselves in the foot, not as many penalties called, and you see a pass rush, you see excellent coverage, you see tremendous blocking on the line. They're winning both sides in trench warfare. That's Patriots football in 2022 at its best. Can they clean it up in the red zone, Jordan and Pats fans? Hell yeah, they can. They definitely need to start converting. Some more of those threes, as much as I love the big Nick kicks, those big kick Nicks are beautiful, but we want to start seeing the threes become sixes and then maybe the extra point to get to seven. I, uh, Nick Folk shouldn't be kicking four or five field goals a game. Uh, you want to see one or two more of those converted into touchdowns, and you're going to need to see them on Sunday when they go against Chubb and Hunt and old pal Jacoby B. All right, moving on. Twitter at VH58083. Okay, that's I, I don't even know how we got there, but that's okay. Maybe it's a favorite number, a locker code, or uh, something different. Who's the Patriots quarterback for Sunday? All right, so there was the report from Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, earlier this week saying that Mac Jones has a decent chance to play on Sunday, that the recovery and recuperation continues to trend up for Mac, which is great. Love hearing it. Don't want to worry about the controversy, a, a quote-unquote faux controversy between who's going to start on Sunday and who's the best for the Patriots is great news. I think it's fantastic for the Patriots because that means you've got two quarterbacks you trust with the game plan, two quarterbacks who you think can help you win ball games, and two quarterbacks that the Patriots coaching staff, Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, everyone at all trusts out there. I think this Sunday... Zappy. I think Bailey Zappy starts one more time this Sunday in Cleveland. Maybe he starts too. My plan would be because I think the Patriots can win both of these games. Uh, Cleveland gave up in the past two games. Uh, let's not say it so loud so so as to embarrass them or make it uh, 
too much of a bulletin board item for them. But over the past two games, Cleveland has given up 440 yards rushing. Yeah, no, they're awful against. And that was against Atlanta in Atlanta, Atlanta. And then in a game that the Browns had the lead in. And then at home against the Chargers, who have a dynamite running back in Austin Eckler. But their line has been decimated. Rashawn Slater, the best member of their uh, I know they have Corey Lindsley, who's a dynamite center, but their best tackle, Rashawn Slater, is out for the year. And yet the Chargers were able to push, bully, and exert their will last Sunday as they ran their way basically back into that game and a 30-28 to 28 win. So I say you stick with the kid right now. I would love to ride the old zap attack, a little zappy hour, a little, uh, hey, this kid can win, no zap. Insert your own Bailey zappy pun here. Don't rush Mac back. If you think you can win in Cleveland with Bailey zappy, in a powerhouse running game with your dominant line and the Ramonster on full display now that Damian Harris is going to be out a couple weeks with his hamstring injury. I bet Pierre Strong probably gets activated on Sunday. No time Montgomery yet. He's not off IR. I don't think you get Kevin Harris off the practice squad. If you just ride the Ramonster on Sunday, let the offensive line continue to do their thing, play the smart ball control, little play action. Maybe you see Tyquan Thornton get involved. Cleveland's got a pretty good secondary, but i do it, and then I'd go right into the next week, eight days rest, Monday night football at home against the Bears, who have uh, just an anemic offense at best, if we're being kind, if, if this is the charitable portion of the Mailbag podcast. I'd start Zappy the next two, and then, then when you get into playing the Jets, the Colts, the Jets again, the bye, and then you got Minnesota on Thanksgiving night, that should be enough rest for Mac Jones to almost be back to full strength. And hopefully by that point, Mac Jones has rested. Mac Jones gets the ankle better. Bailey Zappi is a full, fully prepared backup for the rest of the season. And you know you have an asset in him. And I think what could be great about this is that Mac Jones and the offensive coordinators, the game planners, the offensive brain trust, will see that maybe they were incorporating a little too much of that Alabama 50-50 ball and downfield attack. And they should kind of go back to what they were doing last year, which is more of what they've been doing with Bailey Zappi maybe a, a slightly more controlled offense with Mac Jones and take a few shots every now and again, he'll have an offense that hopefully will be building momentum. They'll be confident after a couple of big wins. So I say Zappy starts in Cleveland and I say you give him one more start. So long as Mac doesn't have any setbacks in his recovery from the high ankle sprain. Speaking of which on that very idea, I sort of addressed it, but we'll hit it one more time at XLIX 2 k one five. Okay. That's uh, obviously a nod to Super Bowl 49, which was played February 2015 in Arizona, site of Super Bowl 57, don't you know? Tom Brady has played in both of those games. The Patriots have played in both of those games. Obviously, if that Super Bowl is to go as planned, it should be Buccaneers-Patriots. I wouldn't bet a dime on it, but that's only fitting for the third time's the Charm Bowl out in Arizona. I digress. Should the Patriots keep the zappy playbook and give that to Mac? Okay, the, the playbook right now is a dialed back, dialed down, more 2021 edition of the current playbook. So it's like if this is Mac Jones's playbook in the audience at home listening right now, like uh, I have a uh, my hands are between my ears. So that's the Patriots playbook. So now, as you can see, if you're watching on the YouTubes or wherever else, I'm closing my hands into where they're like kind of over my eyes, like near my nose. It's like about half scale. That's about what they're doing right now. So it's like, a half playbook. It's simpler. It's obviously more, it's, it relies on the rush more and they're doing all of the you know, zones and power runs and sweeps and toss crack and everything that they do really well. 
and just beating the other team into submission. And like we said, Cleveland's got a ghastly rush defense. And then they're smart with the passes. And Bailey Zappi's, what was he, 17 for 21, buck 88, a touchdown, and an interception that in no way, shape, or form. That interception last Sunday, those things, those turnovers, by the way, not to go off on a tangent, but those things drive me nuts. Interceptions that are charged to quarterbacks that honestly belong to the tight ends, wide receivers, or running backs, the pass catchers who bobble the ball or let it squirt out and basically Jonu Smith it, if you will, like he did last year against the Saints, which is what Aguilar did last Sunday against the Lions, into the arms of a defender. Those should be charged as turnovers to the backs, tight ends, and receivers who committed it. Those drive me as crazy as like when you're in line at the concession stand at the movies and you're in line 15 minutes and the person who gets there in front of you steps up and they say, hi, welcome to the cinema. Can I get you some snacks? And the person just goes, oh, what do I want? Like you had 15 minutes, Dodo. You should know by now. Like the ball was thrown right to you, Aguilar. You should have held on to it. And instead it gets charged to Bailey Zappi. Thank you for allowing me that little tirade right there. I appreciate that. We just vented together. It's about the only negative thing there really is to say right now in Pats Nation. They need to more field goals turned into touchdowns and Aguilar hold the damn ball. But then again, you are Nelson Aguilar, as I tweeted last Sunday. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the most Nelson Aguilar play of Nelson Aguilar's career. I say we keep that playbook rolling. You give the zappy playbook to Mac, and then you let him Macify it a little bit, and all will be ah, right in the world. Chef's kiss. All right, Joseph Tierney on Facebook. Tierney, Joseph Tierney. What is more likely, guys? Kendrick Bourne getting more playing time, or does he get traded before the deadline? He's too good to only get five snaps a game. Couldn't agree more with you on that assessment. And I actually have an idea. He doesn't get moved. They hold on to Kendrick Bourne. He's too cost efficient. He only gets like $5 million. It's one of the best salaries in the NFL. Guy still makes a play. I know he had a he committed a penalty last week, which is, I think, what landed him on the six rings, Andy Hart, thumbs down list. But we were fishing and searching for people to criticize last Sunday because no one really did anything terrible except for Aguilar. Uh no, you have to hold on to Bourne. And here's my case for why now he's more needed than ever before. Like I said, with Damian Harris, oh, 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 had to just bark for our dog there because he barks for us, uh, for the fans and for the media. Damian Harris out with that hamstring injury for a couple of weeks. Kendrick Bourne, give him a couple of handoffs. I know he said he wanted to be more like Debo Samuel. I know he thought he could be more Debo. Well, I'm not saying go full Debo, my probably my favorite player in the NFL that doesn't wear a Patriots jersey. But at this point, give him a couple of handoffs. Give him a couple of jet sweeps. Get him in the backfield. Get a playmaker the ball. Give a playmaker the ball. You're down to basically a healthy starting running back with Pierre Strong in reserve and Kevin Harris on the practice squad. Harris won't be playing for – Damian Harris won't play for a few weeks. Ty Montgomery's not even practicing yet, so he hasn't been reactivated. Tyquan Thornton is now a part of the receiving core. You could afford to take a couple chances. He, Kendrick Bourne's great with the ball in space. Maybe that would throw Cleveland off. That would maybe add a little diversification um, or explosivification, if you will. Um, or maybe we'd get into what Shime has mentioned before on the podcast. Maybe Kendrick Bourne would be able to get into the eruption zone. So, no, you hold on to him. Get him the ball more, especially over the next couple of weeks. All right, moving on. Oh, hey, what's up, producer Justin Turpin? Fitzy, I do have a question on the topic of playmakers. There's one oh, that's very we got a turp chirp. Here yes. we go. I love it. All right. There's what a do playmaker you got? that is coming back next in the middle of next month. 
Odell Beckham Jr., who has been linked, possibly the Patriots going after him. Should the Patriots go after him? And will they go after him? Oh, good question, Terp. You got right to the heart of the matter. Uh, okay, I'm surprised we didn't even have a question on this, but I'm glad you got it. Um, okay, uh, should they go after him? Yes. Will they go after him? I think so. And I think it's because, um, and I'm, I'm reading right here from a couple hours ago, uh, multiple people on Twitter, blue checkmark brigade, no less. So we know it's not like ball sack sports or like it's Barry here or anyone else, or like, you know, like, uh, you know, Iran Lupsheet or whoever, or Adam Schlufter or all the fake, you know, Twitter handles we all fall for. These are all people saying sources say mutual interest between Odell Beckham Jr. and the Patriots. Okay. If there is, it is time to finally seal the deal and make this happen because I know you're you're just folding uh, Tyquan Thornton back into the mix. We're not getting the ball to Thornton enough. Um, I don't know who at, at the benefit or rather um, or who's playing time or who's carries or who's targets it comes from Terp. But uh, if you have to take a little bit away on the whole or if at that point you just decide like, fine, uh, send Aguilar packing somewhere for a seventh and you sign OBJ, I would do it in a heartbeat. He has wanted to play for the Patriots, and I know it was Brady that wa he wanted to go join way back in 2019. Hell, when the Patriots played the Browns in 2019, I was up in one of the suites. Uh, I'm not humble bragging. I'm not flexing on the show. It's not what I do. Just letting everybody know one of our sponsors, the good folks at Zooty, had me up there, and I was watching the slog of a Browns-Patriots game in 2019. OBJ's mom was in there. I overheard her say, she wanted him to go to the Patriots back in 2019. Wow. I know. And now that, again, that was with Brady. So I present this to you. The Rams are dying without him because obviously look at what he did for their offense last year, taking attention away from Cup and giving another valuable target to Matthew Stafford. Imagine what he could do with a fully healthy McCorkle, whatever in this offense, open things up even more. And you know, the run game and the offensive line are kicking ass with tanker gas right now. You absolutely fold it. You Get in there. They got a little money available. Don't let him go to Buffalo where they're sniffing around Christian McCaffrey now to make them to make the best offense even bester, bestest, and more unbeatable. The only other place I could see making a ton of sense for him to go, and it kills me to say this, you know a team could use him, Terp? I was gonna think Tampa. Boom. Especially Boom. With the there's Julio a reason Jones why you're turping and chirping right not now. Working out. Yes. Tampa needs him desperately, like Elf needs food, because Gage is hurt all the time. Godwin has had the hamstring coming off the ACL. He's inconsistent. Julio Jones is just washed four at this catches. point. Yeah, Nothing. I mean, no, he's done. They don't have Gronk. They could use him. I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa makes a run after him. But if I were the Patriots, would I? Hell yes, I would. Absolutely. Great question, Terp. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. All right. Moving on. Classy Claire, friend of the show, uh, hosts a wonderful podcast, A Claire Perspective. Uh, she's also on the One Patriot Place podcast with our friends Stevie B and Murph. Uh, do you think the absence due to injury of Jonu Smith has enabled the Patriots to utilize Hunter? She's British. Should I do it? In the, no, I won't do it. Uh, do you think that has enabled the Patriots to utilize Hunter in his own skill set or role better? Um, no, I think they're just getting the tight end involved now. Like, it's, t it's time. And I think the – okay, with the absence of Jonu Smith – that basically, like last week, we saw Matt Sokol was elevated for the day, and they ran a lot of jumbo packages. Marcus Cannon was sort of starting at tight end or played tight end in jumbo packages last week. So with Marcus Cannon and 
Isaiah Wynn, you know, flip-flopping, switching in and out. One's a tight end, one's an offensive lineman. These jumbo sets, Matt Sokol, who does nothing. Like, his job is to just be out there and be a large body to try to open spaces and seal blocks. Yes, I think Hunter Henry is going to be freer to actually go out, catch passes, run routes, and make plays, which is great. So, yes, in a lot of ways, I do. I'm not saying that the John – I'm not trying to make shandies, let alone lemonade out of lemons. Honestly, the John Smith contract and career thus far with the Patriots has been kind of a giant lemon. So at least getting Hunter more involved. Nice to see him last week, four catches, 54 yards. I would take that by line each and every Sunday, twice on Monday. If the day ends in AY, four for 54 with a tutty once every two or three weeks would be glorious for Hunter. So yeah, I think they're making the most of it and I could expect more from him going forward. Daniel Evans on Facebook. Would Nelson Aguilar be an MIA or having a case of the dropsies, or as we like to call them, the Aguilors? Do we see more Thornton integrated into the offense as the season goes on uh, and taking Nelly out of action? I think they'll still try to use Aguilar because the guy's getting open. I mean, like the past last week, he was wide open and Zappy threw it to the worst place you possibly could. Just like with the week before, he threw it right to Aguilar. Whether it's his hands, his chest, or any available space where a ball should be easily and adequately received for forward progress, let alone first down or God forbid a score. Uh, Aguilar continues to be his own worst enemy on this team. The Patriots want to get him involved. So they may have no choice, but to just try to get Tyquan Thornton involved just because he has seemingly better. I mean, we haven't seen that much of him, so I don't know if he's like much better than Aguilar, but anyone who catches the ball technically is better than Aguilar. And I think with the kind of speed that Thornton has, if they can get him the ball a couple times a game, Daniel, then that means they're opening the field up, opening space up, and that creates room for everyone at home. That's right, creates room for the running game because now you've got to respect the speed, this field is stretched, et cetera, et cetera. You guys have watched football before. You get it. All right. At and Ken Mom. Ken Mon? Ken Mom? All right. Whichever way. Okay. Uh, Judon, Patriot for Life. Hmm. You know, I think there's a chance Judon gets another contract. Uh, this He's in the second year of his four-year $54 million deal. And he's playing, like last year at this time, when he had similar-ish numbers, everyone said like, Bill Belichick is a genius for getting Matthew Judon. He's getting the most out of him. And whatever they paid him, he's worth it. And they should probably double it. Didn't disagree with that assessment. We all know that he had the Judon fade the final quarter, third-ish, last you know, four or five games of the season into the playoffs, whether it was COVID, fatigue, people scheming him up, a combination therein, managing an injury, whatever. Fact is, right now, one of the most dominant players in the NFL, tied for the NFL league in sacks. I could easily see after the season, the Patriots extending him, probably creating a little relief, paying that man his money. He's already getting a lot, but give him more money. Uh, and then maybe he plays like, I don't know, one one or two final years in another uniform, possibly if he wants to extend it. But I could easily see Judon here for longer than the four-year deal, especially if he keeps playing like this, especially if he continues to try to recruit players to the Patriots in the offseason, especially if he continues to be so great with the media. Like, everyone loves him. Wouldn't surprise me in the least at and Ken Mom if Judon becomes the number two selling red Pat the Patriot throwback jersey behind the Mac, Mac Jones 10 red. Oh, and I, you see I'm rocking my uh, custom red 22. The Patriots were kind enough to give me last Sunday, which I absolutely love. Uh, 22 for the year. I didn't pick the number. But uh, 
it was kind of funny. Um, I ran into Phil Perry in the tunnel as I was about to head onto the field for some of my in-game responsibilities. And he's like, Ooh, Fitzy looking sharp in the Jersey. I was like, I know Phil, I'm, I'm just feeling good in this one. He goes 22, huh? I said, yeah, it was for the year. Name me a couple of players that come to mind. Give me three right off the top of your head. And Phil Perry within five seconds, football brain and handsome SOB friend of the show that he may be goes, uh, Cody Davis, Stephen Ridley, Asante Samuel. There was a crisp high five exchange right there. I was so proud of him. Um, yeah, not exactly my favorite. I can't believe I wear a red throwback jersey that is associated with Asante Samuel of all people. Jackass. Uh, a couple more here, and then we'll wrap things up on the mailbag pod. Um, Kenny Tasney from Facebook. Do you think it's too soon to praise Belichick for the he can't draft BS over the offseason? Last year's class was great, and this year's class is also looking good. No, it is not. It is not even no. If we're going to play too soon or not too soon, maybe a new mailbag segment. No, it is not. It is not even close to too soon. Last year's draft was very good. A lot of keepers from that draft. And hopefully guys like Josh Bledsoe can get onto the field, stay healthy, and make more of an impact. I think he's got a future. But look back to last year with Mac Jones and Christian Barmore and Ramondre Stevenson. Damn, that's a nice draft right there. Add a couple other guys into the mix. Solid, solid draft. Now this year, I mean, right now we're looking at contribution, major 2022 contributions in a... Patriots team that has 10, 10 rookies, Mrs. Bueller, 10 rookies, not nine, 10 rookies on the 53. You're looking at significant contributions, if not like major high quality playing time from Jack Jones, two games, two starts, two picks. Damn. Marcus Jones electrifying on the return game. I still think he's going to break one. He didn't last week. I'll take a lap for that. I didn't get to bet it. I still feel like betting it this Sunday as well. That guy's awesome in space. Uh, who else we got from this year's draft class? Thornton. Maybe he's going to get out there and make things happen. I, I think so. I'm a believer. Look at, look at how well Cole strange, look at how well Cole strange is playing. I'm not going to say he's playing at an all pro level, but he's playing pro bowlish right now. Five games in. He's great. He's absolutely great. No pressures allowed again. Last Sunday, just wham on the blocks out there. A sea of strange 69 jerseys soon flooded. That'll probably be the number three selling Red Pat the Patriot throwback. I saw a couple last Sunday as well. Like this draft class is excellent right now. It is excellent right now. So no, it is not too soon in any way, shape, or form to be praising the Patriots for a good, if not excellent, 2022 draft. And I'll tell you the big difference between 20 and back. There were a couple good picks in 2020. We'll forget the tight ends for the time being which they had to pay for last year in the uncharacteristically aggressive spending spree. Matt Groh has come in and made a, a massive difference. And I know he's been derided on and made fun of, like, not him personally, but just like on other radio stations in town, like, oh, he's only there because he's a fob. Yeah, you know, his dad, Al Groh, he's a friend of Belichick. You're right, Mike. You're right. That's the only reason he's there. Why? He couldn't possibly know anything about football. It's just because of his dad. Yeah, I think you guys are right on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. No, he knows football. And look at the, he's had a significant part. and He's been integral in the last two drafts. And look at how good these drafts look so far. Look at how many players are contributing over the last two years in the draft. Thanks to Matt Groh helping out Bill Belichick. Now that he's like the head of scouting uh, and player development. So there, talk it and suck it on that one. And yes, you can congratulate Belichick and Matt Groh at all on the drafts. Last two, Adam J. Murphy, 19. How much longer will Belichick continue coaching? 
Uh, I say five more years. I think Bill Belichick is coaching five more years. I think he gets to the magic 347. He gets up to 348, passing Shula at 347 career wins. Obviously, last Sunday was his 400th game coaching for the New England Patriots as the HC of the NEP. He got the dub. It was a beautiful thing. He was very emotional about it. Spoke at length uh, on the radio at his Monday morning presser about it. So you know that matters to him. History matters to Bill Belichick. He's like the living historian of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Might even know more than Gil Brandt, who's like Mr. Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think he wants that number. I think he wants the statues. I think he wants the legacy. I think he's setting up his family and everyone else on the staff for future success. I don't think he handpicks the next coach. I think that'll be Jonathan Kraft's selection. But if Bill Belichick can continue with these good drafts, continue building the team, uh, continue trending in the right direction. He'll have a large say in it. I think he coaches for at least five more years. I'd love to see it, and I want him to get that number. I mean, man, like he has all the energy he has ever had coaching the Patriots, roster developing, out there practicing, running routes, blocking, goofing around, playing. He's as Belichick as Bill Belichick has ever been since taking over as coach of the Patriots. Why would he stop now? Just because? Because he's at a number? 70? He doesn't care. It's just a number. It's also the number of points I would love to see the Patriots score this week against the Browns. But, oh, and, and what a revenge game we have. Love that, by the way. Last Sunday, sneaky revenge game. Lions want a revenge against Patricia for torpedoing their organization uh, or not doing a good job as HC of the DL. Matt Patricia wanted revenge for getting fired from them. Patricia gets the last laugh. And he's also doing a good job. So put away your uh, Patricia Stinks as offensive coordinator, or I don't think he's going to get anything done slandered. Now this week, it's the Bill Belichick versus Cleveland Browns revenge motive. Uh, and we'll find out more about this, and we'll discuss it on our Six Rings preview pod, Pats at Brownies. You know Belichick doesn't like the fact that he was fired from his first head coaching job. And you know Cleveland hates Bill Belichick. And we love that about it. So another fun motif, at least five more years. Um, Anyone who's watching right now can see I'm holding up a vintage Bill Belichick um, NFL pro set, official NFL playing card as coach from 1994. A friend of mine got that for me a couple of years ago, and it's weeks like this that I love to bust it out and keep it right here by my computer or next to my beverage as I hydrate and podcast and prepare for the game. Just like, hey, coach, how's it going? Yeah, we're we're on to Cleveland. Um, uh, yeah, we're really excited about Sunday. Can't wait to go back to the lake. Yeah, it's a great time out there. Love those people so much. Appreciate them. Going to be a day Sunday. Thank you for the question, Adam. And our last one. Fitz, uh, you can't forget about the Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Oh, the Jacoby Brissett factor. How can you forget? Chirp, another quality chirp. Thank you. That's right. But it can't. can it be a revenge game for Jacoby if the Patriots gave him his break? Now, I know they dealt him away. He should be. He should be forever grateful because they drafted him. Uh, obviously at the recommendation of Bill Parcells, uh, the Patriots take him on for a year. Uh, he wins a game in 2016, uh, loses a game because he had the torn thumb. Garoppolo didn't come back. He was dynamite on that Thursday nighter against the Texans. They later deal him away to the Colts. Uh, then he plays for Miami. And then now of course he's with the Browns. So he's been with a bunch of teams, but he's got an NFL career because the Patriots, you know, I'm just here for the storylines. I know. I, I love the storylines. Good idea. Like you could technically say Jacoby Brissett revenge game, but I don't really I don't really see it that way as much. But like the enmity between the city of Cleveland and Bill Brown, uh, Bill Brown, Bill Belichick, that's legit. Absolutely totally legit. Uh, thank you, Terp. Last question at YNP Skeets. Where's Michael Bishop? It's a good question. Where is Michael Bishop? Terp, did you get a chance to 
Google that or take a look where uh, former New England Patriot Michael, you know what? Let's all look it up together right now. Where is Michael Bishop quarterback? Let's find out together. Michael Bishop will go right to his Wikipedia page. And right now, let's see, in his post-playing career, he went, let's see, he played in the NFL for a while. Of course, remember, through that Hail Mary for the Patriots, I think he, that's all he could really do is run around and throw the ball really far. Uh, then he played a little more in the NFL. Uh, then he went to NFL. No, not much more. Went to NFL Europe, Canadian football, a little arena football, the indoor football league. The Southern Indoor Football League, uh, you know, go ahead and collect your winnings if you had a bet on knowing that. And then let's see, there's not much on his personal life here. Interesting. I don't know where Michael Bishop is right now. That's a good question. Uh, I'd love to know where Michael Bishop is these days. If anyone has any idea where the legend of Michael Bishop is, uh, shoot us a message at FitzyGFY or at Six Rings. Pod. There's a fun little throwback question for you right there as we wrap up the pod. All right. Great questions. Great time. Great discussion. Great job. Great, great chirps from Terp, producer Justin Turpin. We'll be back soon with the preview edition of the Six Rings podcast, talking about the Patriots heading out to Cleveland, take on the Browns. We'll speak to Andy. We'll interview a Patriots beat writer about how things are going down at Gillette and what the mood and vibe is there. We'll talk to, uh, we'll talk with, uh, from, Cleveland will speak with Daryl Reuter, uh, who's going to give us the perspective on how things are going in Cleveland, how their season's going, and what they think about these Patriots. We're going to get you set, ready, and prepped for Sunday's big game that I think the Patriots can win. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Six Rings podcast. Of course, download the Odyssey app, which is a great place to listen to it if you don't have it yet. Give us a follow on the tweet machine at Six Rings Pod, and we will talk to you later. As always, good luck, God bless, and go Pats! Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.